0: The Provoke podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the International Broadcast Specialist's Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent, and easy to use PR software. Get a free demo today at notified.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Provoke Media podcast. I'm Maya Pavinska Sims, Provoke's EMEA editor. And I'm joined today by Nick Govier, the founder and chief executive of Blurred and formerly co-founder of Unity, both very different award-winning UK communications firms. Nick set up Blurred um, exactly three years ago, actually, alongside founding partners Katie Soliday and Stuart Lambert, with a really innovative agency model of creative and corporate cohorts populated by brilliant independent advisors and experts in their field. In the three years, Blurred has become one of the first agencies to achieve the blueprint diversity mark. It got to a fee income of just shy of three million. It's become a B Corp. Blurred has been recognised as a mental health champion and a best place to work. And it's delivered game changing ESG and purpose work for some of the world's biggest companies. That would be impressive enough. But alongside all of that, Nick and her team have had to contend with a series of sometimes devastating personal challenges and tragedies. Nick bar- marked Blurred's third anniversary last week in a really moving emotional post outlining just what they've all been through. And she joins me today to talk through that personal and professional journey. Nick, welcome to the podcast. It's really lovely to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me and also for um for into this subject matter. Thank you. Um, yeah, I feel I just thought it would be good to have a like a
0: human conversation about this because it's I mean, it's it's human. It's very core. You're not just building a business. You're a uh, a really close team and you describe yourselves as a family and you've all been through a hell of a lot. Um, Now, you and I have known each other for a pretty long time. I remember meeting you soon after you'd set up Unity, I think, when I was at PR Week. That was 20-odd years ago. Yeah, scary. It's really terrifying how much time has passed. Um, You know, you're well-known in the industry for being super creative and talented, you're really ambitious and driven, and you've always been so open. But I think from the enormous response to your piece when you posted it, very few people were really aware of everything you've all been through since you actually set up Blurred. So can yeah. you take us back to the beginning? How, how did Blurred start and what were you hoping the path of building this brave new agency for a, for a Blurred world would be like?
1: Um, well, we it was it was really the, the brainchild of the founders. So, as you said, um, Stu and Katie, and myself, and also um, Emma Weisgaard, RFD, And we really wanted to build a a proper purpose-driven and purpose-led business, which is why um, the person who also came on at that time was um, Nick Porter, also known as Nick Blee, who's our non-exec director for People and Purpose. Um, And she came on um, to sit on our board, but also to provide coaching for the entire team. So we really wanted to ensure that whatever we did really, we would practice what we preached. And, And initially the blurring of the lines was very much about the blurring of the lines between corporate and consumer really and in, and internal and external but it, it relatively quickly evolved into the ESGp positioning we have now which of course is 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 true to the blurring of the lines of you know consumer and um, and, and corporate but we also really blur the lines now between management consultancy and communications consultancy so if you look, if we look back to our kind of values and um, and our own purpose that we started with, all of that is still completely true. It's just we've kind of sniffed the wind and and lent into you know directions where we saw huge opportunity, and that's why now we sit really quite firmly in this ESGP positioning.
0: So what what's actually happened over the past three years for all of you as as human beings building this consultancy?
1: Well, some amazing things like, you know, for me, I didn't know a business could be like this, a very different experience to my um, previous businesses. And when you build a business that is purpose led and values led, mm-hmm. and you bring on board people who who believe in the same things, it's actually an incredibly smooth process and you um, make each other better. So that has been incredible for me. And I was open with my team when we started this uh sorry with my my founding team that it had a shelf life for me. you know I wanted to get it to a certain size at a certain point and potentially sell and that's completely changed now because actually it's not an it's not arduous you know it's not painful it's a joy it's a joy to be building this business and you know with people like i said who who believe in in a higher purpose in terms of what we're doing but what's been really challenging is um and this is what the post really focuses on is is we've had a, an extraordinary amount of personal tragedy within the team particularly related to to cancer that seems totally at odds at the size of our business if, you know just over 20 people the amount of pain people have experienced has been as i said disproportionate really and um and it's been all you know it's been awful you know to to watch people that you love suffer such terrible um hardship and 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 pain and 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 like I say in the piece there can be no real silver linings when you know younger sisters have died and parents have been taken early and and so many people have been touched but it has strangely spurred us on to do better and be better as individuals as a a company just purely because we're just is the kind of attitude of well what's the point what's the point of doing something that doesn't make a genuine difference Mm. and that's been extraordinary really and and I would be so proud of what we've achieved professionally regardless but when you put it against the context of of what we've been through it kind of blows my mind but only in writing the piece did I realize actually that's probably why you know, because it was like I said, if if, people, if clients come to us and it's superficial and they don't really want to improve in terms of ESG, you know, we're just like, well, well, go somewhere else. You know, we want everything we do to to count and to matter. And I and I'm sure it's because of what we've been through um, that we feel that way now. So it, it's it's interesting. And like I said, it's only in writing that piece that I actually almost realised it myself. So tell me a bit
0: more about how cancer has touched the firm and you personally.
1: So I, I think there's barely a person within the um, team that hasn't been affected. You know, the first um, father was taken a couple of weeks before we started the, the last about two weeks ago. Another in the middle. There's been mothers, there's been um, uncles, aunts, there's been friends, close friends. There has been, as I mentioned, a, a younger sister, which is appalling, um, leaving behind young children. Um and, and it's also the way it's done it, you know, so awfully the people given the all clear and then not or, um, or um, you know, having to go through, in some cases, months where every week is the final week and then they make it through and then they don't, you know, and to watch that awful pain. Um, I haven't gone so far as to tot it up, the numbers, and I don't want to. But it was just like there wasn't a week that went by where there wasn't somebody suffering terribly and it became I I, I mentioned it in the post but there was one board meeting and I was just like I don't know up from down I don't know whether the deep sadness that I feel I can't distinguish whether it's related to work or whether it's you know what's going on and we were actually just very good at listening to ourselves and to each other in the end and sometimes just going you know what let's count the agenda let's just all walk in our you know respectively wherever we we were at the time and just talk and cry um because it sometimes it just felt so strange that we were flying professionally yet personally these things were going so wrong mm. and then you know I myself had this has just had this cancer scare there's a slightly longer version story which which I might I might share in, in terms of full disclosure but um earlier this year which was just at a time where we Coincided with one of our other founding partners going off on compassionate leave, and she's still not back, and that's related to cancer and grief and all these different things. And and I started getting this um, like repetition in my mind, like songs repeating my mind, sentences repeating my mind. And and I am neurodiverse, something you know about, and um, We've we've talked about. I'm both dyslexic, I'm neurodiverse, and I have a sleep condition. So I thought, look, this is very likely related to those things and I did you know call my doctors and say look do I need to adjust my my, my sleep medication because you know I just feel slightly like I'm, I've got these sentences on repeat in my mind and very quickly within um, a week I was called by a psychiatric nurse and a psychiatric consultant and diagnosed with something called pseudo hallucinations and what they said is this is lockdown for a mind built like yours you know where you cannot or you see the same vistas constantly and you're a visual person. Mm. This is how your mind is now reacting to this stuff. And and they said, you know, here are some antipsychotic drugs, which are normally for people with bipolar or schizophrenia. And I was like, thanks, but no nice. thanks. Um, or they said, you need to do mindfulness, at which point I, you know, tutted and was like, have you met me? I'm <laughs> not a person for mindfulness. You know, I, I can't sit still. You know, my mind is completely active all time including at night and why I think we've laughed about this when we've spoken about it before um my sleep condition means that the difference between asleep and awake is is really um, minimal so it means I can go to sleep on a problem and by the time I wake up I've solved it you know I've written the whole deck in my mind I've done the work so it means I literally can work constantly which is obviously a blessing and a curse But anyway, I was like, look, I'm going to do this. I have to do something. And I absolutely don't want to take antipsychotic drugs. So I enrolled in a a mindfulness course. And it was really eye-opening for me. And I rebelled against it so much at first. But I used to have to do this body scan for half a day um, every morning. and, And the first few sessions, it was a bit like, I just don't have any connection with my body, none because they kept saying what do you feel in your toes and I'm like what are you talking about nothing obviously and um and then eventually I I kept when I was doing this body scan stopping on my chest area and particularly on the left hand side and it was really peculiar because I was like I don't understand why but something in this mindfulness is is forcing me to to focus in on that area and so I you know I, I felt it and and there was maybe something there but nothing really but in the context of what was going on in the world and, and particularly my own world i thought i'd check it out and my i know you've been through the, the horrors of this um yourself which is why you were one of the first people i spoke to actually um but what happened was i immediately got referred and at each stage they were like look this is just ruling stuff out this will be the last appointment but for me it wasn't ruling out, things kept being ruled in, and um, I ended up having MRIs and biopsies and all sorts of things. And in the end, um it went to surgery and and you know, with a very real chance of um cancer. So I had surgery which removed a five um five square centimetres from one part and two or three square centimetres from another part. So I am now lovingly known as wonky tits to my darling husband. Um <laughs> And then I was really lucky that I got the all clear that it wasn't cancer, that there were uh, anomalies and problems, but it wasn't cancer. And I think, you know, to feel, to go through this myself and obviously the fear of all of us when, you know, we we know too much. Do do you know what I mean? We've known too much of where this can end. So I'm really incredibly fortunate. But it was just yet something else for, for my senior team to have to deal with like I said, when we we're already one family partner down and have been since April.
0: It's, um, I remember that conversation when you called me and we we were due to be talking about something else and you're just like, this is happening as well. And it's, I just remember just the, like the cold, that kind of feeling of ice going through my veins, just thinking, oh God, please no, not Nick as well. Because it's just, it is horrible. I mean, it's it's a horrific process to go through and I'm just so, I'm so bloody glad that it's, it's kind of resolving itself in a in a um in a way that, that means you don't have to go through all of that other stuff as well. But it's it just can it touches so many of us now Though it's hard enough dealing with it first or second hand, even when you're not, you know, running and building a business and, and raising kids. And Nick, am I correct in thinking one of your own team also had cancer?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um it's a really tricky one because although this is Blurred story i'm really conscious that a lot of these are obviously individual and very human stories very personal stories to those that have been affected so i'm slightly wary about how much i say about you know each individual um or the situation but yeah it was in our first year and it was it was horrifying i think she'd only been with us three or four weeks it was really early doors and um and i'll never forget that you know the phone call and it was quite advanced and it was just horrific for her and obviously difficult for everyone involved to go through that process of chemo and surgery and and as is often the case there were just various extra elements that made it emotionally even tougher for her even if that, that, that alone hadn't been enough but, but but yeah it's um thank god thank god she you know had the had the all clear which is amazing um and little did we know though how, you know that, that that was pretty much the start of so many terrible personal stories that were going to come in this space.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm glad she's okay. Have you been able as a as a leader to compartmentalize and focus, or has it felt overwhelming? I and mean, have your own boundaries been blurred by everything you've all gone through?
1: I think we we have sorry, there's a bit of feedback, but are you getting it your end or is it okay, Maya?
0: No, it's fine this end. Okay,
1: good. Um this is where i'm so grateful for the business we set up because you know we put coaching and professional coach at the heart of our business so she and she coaches everyone fortnightly so she's been able to help us with our boundaries and, and and to compartmentalize and to be able to feel comfortable about leaning into what we need to do so you know when i when it became very apparent that I needed to have surgery very quickly, I was still very much like, well, I'll still do all this work and I'll get all this done. And of course you can't do it because suddenly you're having appointments every day for, you know, scans or, or, or whatever it is. And and being able to go, right, we just need to put all this work stuff on hold for the time being. This is what we're going to prioritise and making me feel okay about it. Do you know what I mean? Helped me. And it's helped all of us, um, either the people dealing with those issues or, or helping them, um, or helping others deal with how to help with others who were dealing with those things. But what was also heartbreaking is so Nick, who is our coach, is also one of my very closest friends. And it, but it was her who lost her younger sister. So it was awful. And and when this was happening, you knew about what was happening with me, Maya, before she did. Because I was like, I cannot do this to her. I cannot tell her. I cannot ring her and say there's a chance I've got cancer. You know, and, and that's where the lines got blurred and we we were saying you know a week later this is the first time we've ever had something between us Mm. and um and I've always speaking to her for a week because I was like she'll know (laughs) you know she'll know something's up um so that was difficult and also my PA is also one of my closest friends you know I've surrounded myself by people I trust and love and respect and and I know she found it really hard because she was trying to deal with the chaos of my diary but also she you know be there for me as a as a friend but what we've always tried to do is say to people you know take what you need do what you need we will we will support you we will back you and we have a grief policy and that's always ex- extended you know from miscarriage right the way through to some form of personal loss or even just dealing with you know the fear of grief and what might be coming and we never knew we you knew when we set that up that you know how this might be used in the, the myriad of ways during the time that we've um and that we've been operating, but for me, what was absolutely amazing is, and again I wrote it in the piece, even when I did think you know this this is potentially coming for me, and I knew by the end, just before the operation, I knew that if it was cancer, it was early stage, and it would be all right, you know it would more likely be radiotherapy than chemo, it would require more surgery, but it wasn't you know a late stage um but it's still scary um But what was amazing is, and again, I would never, I've never experienced this in any of my previous businesses. I still knew we'd be all right as a business because we have built this unbelievably tight team and there is trust and, and there, you know, there is real skill within that team. And, and it it was amazing as I was about to go under general aesthetic, you know, just as waiting to go down, I was looking at the messages from my senior team and, and it was you know we've got this, this is good, you know don't, don't worry, take the time you need we're, you know we're here, and we can deal with it and that's what's been extraordinary is even with Katie off since April, who you know we would have thought it was impossible to be without her but but we've been fine, and I knew the same would be for me, and that's because we've built a business where um everyone has a role and everyone is supportive and open and honest and highly skilled so that's what i mean these tiny little upsides or silver linings that you see we've we've built something way bigger than the founders now and and genuinely knowing that um, the team had it you know meant i could go off and just focus on dealing with what i needed to go through and and my own family's concern without worrying about work and that's an amazing thing to feel
0: yeah, it really is. And you've always been a very values-driven business as well, haven't you? And has that kind of foundation helped you all get through what has been, like, relentless, really?
1: Yeah, it has. It it, it totally has. It, 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 you know, we we really try and practice what we preach. You know, what we do for clients is we are all about making them the best possible businesses they can be in terms of environmental, social governance and purpose. And of course we're going to live those things ourselves. And we don't always get it right. Of course we don't. We we make mistakes, but being able to lean into those values and, and like I said in the piece again, it's it's they help you. <laughs> they actually help you. And what has I've learned massively at learned is if you do the right thing, it ends up coming good you know we we do turn down the wrong types of business and it ends up being the right decision we do try and support our teams above and beyond and it is translated into you know loyalty so you know we 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 do ask ourselves when we have to make difficult decisions you know what do our values tell us we need to do at this point in time Mm. and like I say we don't always get it right but what it means is that there is very little um bitchiness or any of that stuff that perhaps i've seen in other organizations i just don't see it in ours. because if someone hasn't got the right types of values or doesn't bring the right kind of attitude to the business they don't get through the door um because as well as having an interview in terms of you know technical skills all the normal stuff the final interview for us is always with an exec director for people and purpose and that is purely a values play Mm -hmm. So then suddenly when you have everybody who believes in the same kind of thing, it just helps you make, you'll be know, surrounded by the people who, who believe what you believe mm. and are not willing to do things at any cost. Um, and like I said, the joy of that is, is when you realise it does pay off. It genuinely pays off, which is what we tell our clients. And, and to have experienced that myself is, is incredible.
0: And does that extend to, you know, the, the work you do for clients and what you are all- prepared to do and not do and the kind of yeah you work for as well
1: yeah it really it really does and that, that's what i was kind of saying it's like we're just we're just like when you when you're facing so much sadness as human beings within this team and the client comes to you and says can you do this and you look at it you go it's shit it's pointless why bother that's what we say to our clients and it's not us being arrogant or rude it's saying Look, we just don't want to do this it's 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 not um it's not what we believe in you know come to us if you want to make a genuine difference but if you just and again this is in the context of the fact we do esgp work but like if you're just paying lip service go somewhere else but it's also been in terms of our own um approach to things like dei you know ourselves we just like if you're not going to do it right don't bother so, you know, we feel that ourselves and, and it started very much with this mantra of let's do it right for Katie, you know, who was off and who was having this horrific time. um, And then it ended up, you know, just being something that was true to our values and our purpose and everything we believe, you know, we feel very deeply about betterment. And that's why we have coaching at the heart of the business, because we're about personal betterment, you know, and being the best we can be. as as individuals we believe that for the industry as well we really try and push for the industry to be better um as well as obviously our clients and the impact they can have on the world so it 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 very much works across that and i think i mentioned in my piece as well someone like elizabeth benanuka but again i think because of the grief and the human pain and stories we've lent into things properly, you know, and, and taken the time to really understand the challenges in that space. So again, not it's not about paying lip service, but I think part of it, that's who we are anyway, values-based. But I think what has happened with so much grief is we've lent even further into these things um, than we ever have before. And, 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 and she, I think she thinks I'm just sometimes saying this, but someone like Elizabeth has changed my life. You know, she has impacted me hugely. She's opened my eyes. Um, and I think because of the, the difficulties we've been going through, we're more empathetic and more open to trying to understand the difficulties that people face in the world. And then trying to help our clients do stuff to, to, to um, help in some of those areas. Does that does that make sense?
0: It makes perfect sense and it's like it's quite literally life is too bloody short to do crap work isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh there you go.
1: There's that. That's what I've been trying to say but you've nailed it. It's exactly. Exactly. Life is too short to waste our time and talent and skills on me on something that's pointless. So that's exactly it. That's exactly it.
0: Doesn't have give you perspective, you know, going through this kind of real life stuff as well? You know, what what does matter and what really doesn't matter?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it does. And it's it's I, I want to be able to look myself in the eye and say we did the right thing there. Mm. You, you know, we did the right thing. We, you know, we couldn't save him. We couldn't save her, but we've done the right thing. And I'm really proud of this campaign we did in our um, first year. And little did I know, little did I know. Um, what was coming down the track for us but there was a a boy um, who lives locally to me who was diagnosed with an awful form of cancer and um, and it got to the point of you know life-saving treatment was required and it had to be funded you know where they had to go in Barcelona in this case and they had something like six weeks to raise um, 800 grand and we got behind it as as blurred and we, we ended up teaming up with Rankin and doing some work and um partly by our effort but partly by a lot of people who threw themselves into this cause you know we raised the money and we saved his life oh. and I look back at that now and, and that was so meaningful at the time but I look back at it now and it was like there has been an instance you know where we could do something and I think that's what's heartbreaking because in many of these cases it's the hel- it's the helplessness you know there's nothing you can do and, and what, you know, how many more times do I have to send a message and just say, I'm sorry, you know, I'm so sorry. Um, but there is no comfort I can provide you, you know. Mm-hmm. But to know that we did save a child, that is everything. Sorry, now I am. because mm-hmm. I mentioned children, you see, that's it, I'm off now. Well, but, um, gets you know, where we, where we have been able to help makes a profound difference. But it's just sometimes it's really hard when you've done the most, you pulled off the most amazing work for clients. But then five seconds later, you've had the most devastating call to hear, you know, that person is going to die and there's nothing you can do about it. It, it, It's just been so complicated, like emotionally for all of us, but it has brought us together. You know, at the same time, you know, we have been, we've been to battle together. We have, you know, we've, and, and heartbreakingly, I wanted to say we've held each other's hands, you know, often we haven't been able to because of COVID, but we have found ways to overcome a lot of those, you know, physical barriers to, to support each other where we can. But I, it, it, it's, it's just a bit like when I had my multiple miscarriages, I had six miscarriages. It's very difficult when you're the type of person that often can bend the world to your will. And that's what Stuart always says about me. He's like, somehow you managed to just, make things happen against all odds but when you can't you know when you can't stop a miscarriage or when you can't save a life of course we can't but it just makes you feel so deeply um helpless Mm -hmm. but yeah that is why our work has to count that is why it has to count because we have to feel that we're achieving something meaningful and good and proper and decent and pushing clients to go further than they would without us and that's what we always say we work with some of the world's biggest businesses. And, and we always say, if we can push them even that half a percent further than anyone else, that makes a material difference to the world. And that's what we are committed and obsessed with doing.
0: Some of what you've, um, what you've achieved and what you've described is just astonishing. I don't know how you've all, how you've all kept going. I mean, you still have got such energy and drive. I mean, don't you sometimes just want to collapse in a heap?
1: Um, yeah, and I guess I kind of did when... I was forced to take some time out um, because of this operation. I think we're t- everyone's tired. I I, I feel that. Um, I feel that writing the article and what I've been through personally recently has been cathartic for me. And I think others perhaps haven't had that. And so I've spoken quite a lot to the team about it. I had someone the other day who just burst into tears on the phone on Monday. And they were like, I don't really, I don't even have a reason to be crying. And I was like, You don't have to have a reason. (laughs) You you know, you don't have to have a reason. It's life has been difficult for everyone with COVID Mm. in our lives, regardless of what else we've achieved. But I honestly think because of the work that we do, and when you make a difference, and when you know the work that we do can make a material difference to the world, and I know that sounds. A bit lofty but it actually is true with the work that we do and in the context of cop at the moment you know we know how important doing stuff that's meaningful is and i think a lot of us get energy from that you know we get energy from that we were so proud we 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 were in a huge backlog for our b core accreditation and when we got that through we've got the highest score of anyone in our industry globally oh, wow. well- so proud of that you know and that's not because we've created stuff for B corns it's because what's the, the you know the business that we've built, but it all comes back to this point of doing it right and pushing ourselves to be the best we can be, mm. our true best selves, you know, as individuals and as a company. That's what gives us the motivation, and the power to do more. If you see what I mean, because yeah. you look around you and go, "We're making a difference." You know, the stuff we feel we're doing in the DEI space, we're making a difference. The fact that we're at net zero as a business, we may. Well, we're not we're not making an impact in terms of that, but, but when you push your clients to go that further, that genuinely does. Mm. And I think that's why I'm quite obsessed as well about even with our industry about pushing us as an industry to be better, um, be it mental health charters or um, or you know really pushing for the fact that I, I, you know the fact that I don't believe that um, anyone should be awarded an agency of the year accolade unless employees have been surveyed as part of that do you know what I mean I think that's all part of this drive is it's got to count it's got to count it's got to make a difference and that and that's what drives us all and I think because we're all purpose and values led as individuals it's that's motivating for every human being in our business and it counters the fact that we can't change other things
0: yes I was just gonna say that kind of that that obsession that you describe with making things better is is a is a really effective counterbalance to that sense of powerlessness and exhaustion that I think everyone has I don't know any I don't know anyone who's okay at the moment (laughs) yeah you know without even without extra layers as you guys have all experienced it's just not it's not an easy time to be moving through life with a lot of um grace and positivity really so i think what you've what you've achieved is quite frankly astonishing can i ask you has everything that's happened meant you've changed course on the way you're building the business is there any kind of anything that's kind of changed the way you are thinking about where Blur's going
1: no i mean only in terms of like i said earlier that my view was to build it quick and sell it you know move on um that's the only thing that's changed because I love it and it is a sustainable business. And it, what I mean by that is, it's sustainable for me and for the individuals in it. It's like it's not exhausting all the time, like perhaps you know, Unity was for me. I'm surrounded by so many super smart people who are brilliant at their job, it, it doesn't all sit on me. You <laughs> do you know what I mean? On, on my shoulders, I've realized I can you know, have a sustainable life with this business. And, and, I, and I hope that's what my colleagues feel as well. And, and I know, you know, our ambitions, if anything, are bigger than they ever were. You know, I think we're more likely to buy another business than, you know, be bought ourselves. We've got all sorts of um ground ambitions. But in terms of the direction or, or what we believe in as human beings, none of that has changed. And I'm just, you know, thank God that, that we set up the business. Mm -hmm. that with like-minded people and we really did put this focus on um, values and purpose before it was a thing, you know, but just because we believed as human beings, it was vital to to be surrounded by positive people who can make us all better, Mm. you know, and, 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 and that's what sustained us, you know, that, that's what's meant that we've ended up succeeding in spite of everything else when it would have been so easy just go you know what let's just give ourselves a break let's just do this good enough mm. you know but it's quite the opposite it's nothing is going to be good enough um for us because of the cost we've we've all experienced so you know we we sat and talked, wrote our purpose and our um and our values on a lovely two-day trip to say a house barcelona <laughs> many years ago which we wouldn't do now unfortunately because we, won't, we won't fly um but we had a lovely old time and and it's amazing because not a word of, of those have changed actually since we wrote them because we got them right and we spent the time thinking about what was important and then everyone has been hired against those everyone's reviewed against those um and it's and it's worked it's true proof that if you create something with with values and purpose at its heart that it 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 is something that can grow over time and helps guide you. And that's without doubt is what's happened with us.
0: So when we, when we speak in, you've done your first three years, you've survived and thrived. Um, when we speak in another, th- I'm obviously, obviously we speak <laughs> within that time. Yeah. But, um, when you get to your sixth year anniversary, where are you hoping blurred will be?
1: Well, I am a big believer in never kind of having, fix long-term plans in terms of, you know, we'll be in this many countries or um, we have a rough idea in terms of numbers, et cetera, just because I believe that our strength is knowing who we are and what we stand for, but also being very quick to sniff the wind and, you know, adapt. So an example of that being COVID hit in March last year, April, you know, by May, we had transitioned fully to ESGP because we could see that particularly with COVID, that was where the world was going to go. Our speed of transition is what then led to our supercharged growth, mm-hmm. so we 're very much believers in being able to you know adapt as long as it 's in line with our values and our overall beliefs and direction and skill set so w- what I believe is we will have um, hopefully you know the core people we have now we will have many more i 'm sure we 're still growing rapidly um we will be doing. The same kind of work because it's not going anywhere anyone who believes ESG is a fad or purpose is just you know superficial is just got it so wrong to look at COP the, the, what we're learning from this is the world is in a dire you know state and unless corporations come to the aid and help supporting where governments perhaps are falling short then there is no future for any of us so this stuff is still front and center so you know, I I believe we will just continue to grow in um, hopefully in reputation as well, and 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 be known as the people who do this stuff right. You know that you'll you'll never see our names listed up there as perhaps not practicing quite what they preach or um or doing it superficially. You know, and that will be known as the place to come to if you really want to make a a credible and genuine difference to the world. And I couldn't be prouder if if that's. How you know what we're known for and, and the work that we're doing still.
0: I don't have any doubt at all that that's exactly how things will will lie in the future. Nick, thank you so much for for being so open and especially in some of this is also raw, still affecting you all uh, at a deep level. I'm really you should be you've got so much to be proud of, and I'm really honoured that you shared everything with me today. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much, and I just want to say thank you to my team as well, if I can. They end up listening to this because genuinely uh, you know as i said in the piece i can have a bad day because i know someone else will step up and vice versa and knowing that people have your back and knowing that everyone's you know supportive of each other is what makes all the difference so um thank you to you and thank you to them thank you Nick.
0: Been listening to the provoked podcast brought to you by provoked media and produced by the international broadcast specialists marketeers support for this podcast comes from notified the integrated intelligent and easy to use pr software get a free demo today at notified.com